what is going on? Wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Welcome. Guess who's back again? Yes, the Cold Calling Podcast, sponsored by Monster Connect. They sent me some swag. Oh, so fresh and so clean. I am feeling swag alicious. Hey, I'm your host, Larry Long Jr., CEO, that's Chief Energy Officer of LLJR Enterprises. Hey, just gotta say thank you to our sponsor. The Cold Calling Podcast is powered by Monster Connect. Rawr! They leverage technology to deliver actual conversations. Hello, can you hear me now? B2B sellers, we wanna talk to our prospects. Yeah, forget about all these uh, voicemails. Forget about all the administrative gatekeepers. We wanna connect with the decision makers and that's what Monster Connect provides to you. Now, the Cold Calling Podcast, our hope is to provide you with deep insights. Yes, we are going deep. We are digging in to cold calling, to sales, to help you, sales professionals, sales leaders, take your game to that next level to not just have success, but to thrive in sales. Now, hey, I am honored today. Oh, drum roll, please. Oh, wee. Coming live from Liverpool. Yes, that's across the pond. He's a LinkedIn top mentoring voice. He's a telecoms provider. Whoa, I'm getting sweaty. I've been here just thinking about all the things that he does. He's a sales sector lead, a mentor, a sales and negotiation lecturer. I don't know if he's got the gold mic, but I also know that he's at the University of Liverpool. He's a mentor. He's a general sales enthusiast. He's the host of the Sales Dojo podcast. I think they're at 245 plus episodes. Oh my goodness, with our good friend Susie Matheson, who joined us a few weeks ago. My brother, Chris Dawson. Whoa! Let's welcome today's guest. Let's give it up for the undeniable Undisputable sales champion Leon McCowan. I've got a distinct lack of props this end, Larry. I can only apologize. I was looking for some sunglasses, but I have got a mic. Mine's red though. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Leon, welcome, welcome, welcome. So great to see you. And hey, I know I'm entering the dojo, so uh, I'm gonna bow. Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> sure. sure. How, how are you today? Yeah, I'm excellent, Larry. All listen, even if I was having the worst of days and I jumped on with you, mate, I would turn into the best of days very quickly. Oh, uh, you're far, far too kind. Hey, Leon, I like to start off with a segment that I call Who, What, and Why. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? Give our listeners what they want. Cool, yeah. So my name is Leon McCowan. i uh involved in a couple of businesses in the UK. One of them is called Your Business Mobile. We're a telecoms consultant. We manage mobile phone contracts for a few hundred small businesses in the north of the country. Um, who, what, what I do is most, most of my job in the, in the telecoms business is new business development. That's something I've been doing for... 22 years in the telecoms industry and maybe another two or three in the advertising industry a few years before. Um, and why I do what I do. Um, how long have you got? <laughs> we are here for you. I want to I wanna hear, why do you do what you do? So in terms of the telecoms stuff, I actually completely fell into the industry. So I was selling advertising over the phone 22 years ago. 
I got a card which had the details of a company which had just set up in Preston, which is just north of Liverpool. I phoned him to try and sell him an advert. He said, phone me on a week, and I phoned him in a week. He said, phone me on Tuesday, I phoned him on Tuesday. Phone me Thursday, phone me Friday, phone me next week, phone me in a day, phone me in an hour. And I was really diligent, and I phoned him for about six weeks. And he said to me, why don't you come in tomorrow and I'll buy an advert off you? And I was like, listen, mate, I don't think you understand how this works. I sell advertising over the phone. And he said, if you come in tomorrow, I'll buy the biggest advert that you do. So I was like, okay. So I borrowed my mate's car because I didn't actually own a car at the time. I drove to Preston the next day and he offered me a job. Wow. And that was 22 years ago. I was the first person they took on in the business when they just started a telecoms company. I was a sales rep, then I became a sales manager, then I started managing a team, and then I started set, we set up a tele, telemarketing department and a cold calling department. And then they sold that business and we did it again. And they sold that business and we did it again. And then 12, 13 years ago, the business that I was working for at the time went bust. I took a drink for a couple of days and was down in my sorrows. And then I bought the asset to that business and we started doing it for ourselves 2012. We've been doing it for 30, 11 years for ourselves. Goodness, great, Leo! I'm gonna have to go back to the replay for for that journey, that adventure, the the misadventure. The yeah. wow! I always say, and if anyone's listening, one of the things I always say to people is like, the best thing that ever happened to me in my career was when I got made redundant. At the time, it was horrid, but it's the best thing that ever happened to me because it made me do something about it, and it gave me that kick up the backside that you need to go and do something. And I started the business myself 11 years ago on the back of being made redundant. Goodness gracious. Well, first things first, the power of persistence. Call, call me tomorrow. Call me next Tuesday. Call me next. Goodness great. You just don't give up. You don't quit. Do you know what? There's a lesson in that as well, Larry, and I, I do love lessons. So I was not the best salesperson when I, when I first started selling. But what happened was I was really, really organized. So we're talking 22 years ago. So we didn't have computers on the desk. We had a phone. We had a pack of cigarettes. We had an ashtray. And we had the yellow pages. Um, but I was really organized. So I had a CRM system going with bits of cards. And that was what really helped me. I, I phoned people when I said I was going to phone them. And I think that the lesson for anyone who's listening, that is like being really organized in what you do and doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it really helps with sales because – I've read many studies recently on people have been talking about the fact that, you know, people don't follow up. And that's because we're dead busy trying to get our target and get our number. And, oh, there's a nice, there's a big one. And that's something interesting. And we get dragged away. And I think if there's a lesson for anyone in terms of what happened with me earlier in my career, it's definitely doing the follow-up. The fortune was absolutely in the follow-up for me. Wow. I love that. You said, say, do ratio, doing what you said you will do following up, being organized. Oh my goodness. Now we're going to get back because I heard you slipped it in there that y'all had a cold calling department. I want to hear all about it. But first things first, I, we'll call this segment Spill the Tea. I okay. need you to spill the tea. What is the sales dojo? Yeah, sure. So um, again, Mark Twain said, Larry, there's two most important days of your life, the day that you're born and the day that you find out why. And in 2016, I was doing a management training course with a, a mentor of mine, John Haynes, who's not with us anymore. 
uh, what a guy. And I was delivering a talk to other business owners saying that the best part of my career were when I've been working with a sales rep and we have a meeting, you know, a year in or two years in and we're chatting and they'll say, Leon, I just want to say thanks. The work we've done together, I've managed to get enough money together in order to be able to get out of debt or I've got enough money together to take the kids on the first foreign holiday. Or they'd say, I've got enough money together, I'm going to put a deposit down on a mortgage for a house. And literally, as I was saying this to these other business owners, mate, the sun moved from behind the clouds outside. It shone through the window. It was like, oh! And it was genuinely, it was the day that I found out why. And I, I went and spoke to, I don't know if you've had Andy Bounds on, or if you've bumped into him, Andy Bounds is an awesome sales trainer from the UK. And I just messaged Andy. I said, Andy, I really want to do what you do. Can we have a chat? And he gave me some time. And then I spoke to a couple other people. And I started the sales dojo because I was that salesperson who was sat in the car two days before the end of the month, not sure how they were going to hit target, wondering how they were going to pay the bills if they didn't hit target. And I wanted to do something for those people because sales training is great, and it, but it's, it's often expensive. You know, if it, often the, most of the sales train I had was a guy came in who was relatively expensive, give us all his book. We did a couple of days and then we were on our way. So I wanted to set something up that was accessible so that anybody would be able to get some training. This, let's say this was six, seven years ago before COVID and everybody became online, I think. Um, so around that time, it, it was just, I wanted to do something for salespeople. So I started doing events in Liverpool. We just did one last week, which was, what's that, six years that we've been doing them. Um, and what we do is we get 40, 50 salespeople or small business owners in the room. We get two or three really good sales trainers and we let the tra sales trainers share a really good few hints and tips for 15, 20 minutes. And the salespeople who come along have got something that they can use that day to go and sell more stuff. And from, from that, it's developed into doing some other events and doing some other training. And then obviously we've been doing the podcast and you know, I, I listened to your, your interview with Susie a couple of weeks ago. We met Susie, we met you. Clubhouse was really great in a dark time for everyone. We, we met lots of really good people and, and it's been about, you know, just spreading the love for, for sales. I, I know it's kind of different in the US, but in the UK, salespeople, they have a bit of a bad rep. Yep. So, you know, oh, dodgy salesperson, he's trying to coerce me and stuff like that. And with the sales dojo, what I really want to do is try and change the way that people view it. Because, look, if you want a new job, you're in sales. If you want a new boyfriend or a girlfriend, you're in sales. If you want to raise in your current job, you're in sales. If you start your own business, you're in sales. Everybody's in sales. Everyone works in it. Niraj is brilliantly. Niraj proposed business is called Everyone Works in Sales. And it's so true. Everybody works in sales. So the idea behind the dojo is just to try and get lots of stuff available for people that can go and use that day to try and close more close more business and buy more new shoes. Oh my goodness, I love it. Now, Leon, this, this is just, this is percolating in my mind. I'm sensing that you have such a philanthropic, you have such a kind heart, which I wish everyone had that, but there's a lot of folks out there that are just me, I call them me monsters, me, 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 me. Where does this come from, your, your heart, your, your service base of just wanting to give, wanting to serve? You talked about making training accessible. Where It's unusual. It's yeah. really unusual. Where does that come from? So 
I was talking about this a couple of days ago with a couple of people. So there's, I think there's a few things. So one is when we were younger, we didn't have much. So being able to access it, we didn't know because my mum and dad wrapped us in this amazing love that made us think we had everything, but actually we had next to nothing. So there's certainly that element of it. There's the fact that I say in the last 20 years, I've probably worked with trained, coached, hired, fired, and maybe wanted to strangle about 2,000 sales reps in that time. Wow. So I understand what the situation, the challenges that they've got are. And the other thing is, well, there's two other things. One is when I was about eight, I joined the Boy Scouts and there was a guy called Tom Doyle, again, who's not with us anymore. And he recognized leadership skills in me at a really young age and he helped them to flourish. And one of the things that he did before it was a cool thing to say was he did servant leadership, whereas he'd just be there for people and that was how he led. And then, and then the, other, the other influence would definitely be from John Haynes, who, again, sadly passed away a couple of years ago, but he was an amazing guy in Liverpool who just helped as many. He had a, he had a dream to help a million people to get on. And we, the, the, they've started a foundation in his name since he passed away. And I'm trying to do some work with the foundation now as well to try and continue his great work. Every day when something happens in front of me, I hear John's voice. This is what you should do. This is what you should do. Oh my, Leon. Oh my goodness. And I, I just put it on there on the banner, please to all of our listeners, all of our viewers that are live, that are recording, please connect with Leon. Let's make sure we lift him up and we support him as he supports so many others. I know how it goes. You give and you give and you give. I want to make sure that we give and we support you. His LinkedIn is, is right there on the ticker. Leon, uh, what is that? Leon. B YBM. YBM and Sales Dojo. So YBM sounds for your business mobile. Your business mobile sales dojo. Let's make sure that we connect with Leon. We support him. We lift him up. Now you talked about the power of mentoring. And I looked at some of your reviews. People are talking about how the work that you've done, I think at University of Liverpool, the mentorship of you sewing into them has been dynamite. I'm giving you your flowers right now. Now I want to know, and our listeners want to know, what are some of those lessons, specifically when it comes to cold calling, that, that you're seeing? What are some of those tips, tricks, and strategies for folks to have success when they're picking up that phone? Yeah, I think the first one is like, if, if you're worried about cold calling or you're a little bit nervous, that's okay. Because for hundreds of thousands of years, human beings developed a sense of being worried about rejection. So it, there's nothing you can do, it's gonna happen. I think one of, the, one of the best lessons someone taught me, and I should remember who it is, but I don't, was he said, Who's the person you've helped the most? And I was like, tell me more about them. What do they look like? How did you help them? What did they do? How is their life different? And then have a picture of them next to the phone. So that every if it was a Stephen, every time you make a phone call, there's another Stephen out there that you really need to help. And that really helps you get through that and, 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 and try and make some more calls, I find. Um, but yeah, look, it, we, I've been making cold calls for 25, 26 years, something like that. And I know what you shouldn't do, I know what you shouldn't do, but I still have days when call 45, call 46, call 47, and I'm thinking, oh, I need to change my pitch, I'm doing this wrong, I need to go and work in McDonald's. It happens, it's okay, but just sometimes you just need to give your head a little wobble sometimes. 
Wow. Oh, my. So you're telling me a seasoned professional, 20-plus year veteran expert of the game, still has those thoughts that you're battling to have success. Now, I got to ask you, who is the person that you helped most? And do you have a picture of them by, by your side? I love that advice. So in terms of the telecom stuff, I don't because I can't really help someone that much with new mobile phones. It's not that sexy. But there's, there was a girl, the first time we ever did a sales dojo event, um, we, I was really nervous. Strangely enough, someone tried to break into my house that evening, so I hadn't slept at all. I know, crazy. It just started the drama. Um, so that day, I was really nervous. First time we'd done an event, I was really worried. And about 11 o'clock, a young girl messaged me and said, Leon, thanks so much. That event was amazing. This guy said this and this and that, and I've done this and this and that, and I've just signed the biggest deal that we've ever done. Now, I won't mention her name in case we're connected and she sees her name and stuff like that, but she's the person that I remember all the time when... So if I get one of the speakers cancelled two days before a sales dojo event and I could go, oh, I don't want to do this, I'll think, no, just might be that young lady might be in the audience for this day. Wow, that, that's powerful right there. Now, I love to hear of your events, getting sales professionals, sales leaders together in person. There's nothing that beats that energy. Now, I'm just going to tap into the most recent event that you hosted. What are you hearing? I'm, I'm trying to get a pulse of the industry. What are you hearing from sales professionals specifically around cold calling what what's the good word on the street there in liverpool yeah so in terms of in terms of good word i think one of the things i'm hearing a lot of is about tech stacks and how we're using tech and how we can get this tech and stuff like that and, and i think the problem with that comes then that people try and use a tech stack to do the thing that they need to do which is have a conversation and build a relationship with someone so um, one of the often the conversations that we're having at the events or the, the things I'm talking to people about is, you know, what's the best CRM? Well, the best CRM is the one that you use effectively because all the others are absolutely useless. And what, what's, what's the best way to reach people? It's like whichever way they want to be reached. So it could be on the phone. It could be in an email. It could be on a cold call. It could be networking. The best thing to do is try as many of them as you possibly can with someone. Um, but in terms of cold calling, one of the things that, because I, I, I'm a massive advocate of it because I've been doing it for 25 years. Yep. One of the things that people, uh, when I sit down with someone, we're having a chat, they'll say, I just can't get a meeting with this person. And I'm like, okay, what have you tried? And they say, I've sent a DM and I've put them on my email list and I've been to, I've asked for a referral to him. I said, have you rang him and asked him if you could actually have a meeting with him? I'm like, oh, no, I haven't done that. So like, well, let's do that. And I like doing this where I'll say, right, give me the number. Let me make a phone call now and see if I can get set in front of them. And the amount of times that you can have a conversation, and sometimes the key thing with, with, with the cold call stuff is your job isn't to get a sale. Your job is to get the next step in the sale process. Yes. And if the, next, if the next step is they don't use your product or service and they're not interested, then that's a massive tick. So one of the things I'll always talk to people about with cold calling is having five, six, or maybe seven really good outcomes from a call. So if I give you the example for the telecom stuff that I've been teaching people for 25 years who've worked for me, we know that they need to use mobile phones. So yes or no to that's a tick. We need to know what network they're currently using, how many handsets they've got, when the contract's due up, who the name of the person who deals with it. So there's five there. 
So every time we make a call, if we get one of them answers, we're a little step closer to getting the business. I love that perspective. And I love to hear that you're sharing that perspective and teaching it to others. You're not keeping these trade secrets to yourself, Leon. I don't think it's a race. I think we can all make it, mate. I think we can all win in the end. (laughs) Now, I'm curious because you are an expert. I don't know if anyone's told you this, but I'm going to say you are an expert. I'm curious, what are some advanced techniques or strategies for those that might think, I've mastered these cold calling, the, the basics. I've got those mastered. Give me that next level. Give me, give me one or two strategies that you recommend for someone that feels like they're an expert. Yeah, so genuinely, when you said I'm an expert, I had a little bit of a shudder, and I felt a little bit awkward about that, and that's because I never feel like I'm an expert. And I think the first problem that you have when you are an expert is when you think you've made it, you haven't. So you need to be always open to learning. You know, we've all been on training courses and the guy says a couple of things we know and we switch our listening ears off and we think, I know this, I don't need to learn. And then we'll miss a little brilliant piece of information that we can use. So I think the first thing is if, you know, anyone in sales who's working in sales who thinks they understand it all and they know how to do everything, you need to put that in the bin. Because you need to, you know, you need to know that every day. I know we, we mentioned before on, on the conversation you had with Susie about Clubhouse, one of the things I loved about that and I love about say, LinkedIn and the network of salespeople and, you know, through the Sales Impact Academy is listening to other people's, how they say something, what they do. I think the one thing I would say, if I was going to give a tip for someone who thought is the difference a few of the words in your sentence make to what your actual point is, is massive. And sometimes you can learn that from someone who's not even in sales. So what I mean by that is I'll often have a conversation with my missus or with my dad sometimes when I go to football with him and I'll say, this is what I'm doing. And he'll go, what does that mean? I go, it's this. And he says, do you mean that? And I'm like, that's what I meant to say. Because I think sometimes when we know what we're talking about and we're really good at it, we get into that habit of saying something that we expect people to understand. And I think the best way to ever try and tell someone what we do or what we want to do is to do it as though they're a 10 year old. Wow, I love that. And I love how you mentioned that you consider yourself always learning, always growing, always seeking opportunities to improve. Man, you're inspiring me. Now, you mentioned something about football, and I know that our football is a little bit different. I know Susie is the tennis player. I'm a baseball guy. I think what you call football, we call soccer I got to ask you to spill the tea part two. Who's your team? Who's your favorite squad? Yeah, I'm, I'm from Liverpool. So there's only two choices if you're in Liverpool. It's Liverpool or Everton. And I'm blessed by the fact that my dad was on the right side of the tracks and I'm a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I'm not sure when this is going out, but in the last few days, Liverpool beat Everton 2-0 in the local derby. So it's all good. We've got a, another three or four months of being the cocks of the city. I was wondering why you had some pep in your step, especially because the time difference. I know that you're wrapping up your day and you've got so much spirit. I appreciate that, Leon. Now, now you had talked about the five, kind of the five pieces of information. So 
I'm just curious about the importance of qualification. You And I love how you mentioned, you said the purpose of the call isn't to get the sale, it's to, it's to get that next step. And you're looking to get those pieces of information. How, how important is that and why is that important? Yeah, so I'm sure someone said this to you before, but for me, marketing's job is to qualify people into the pipeline and sales job is to qualify people out. And you, you can get stuck, you, you know, you start your business or you've got a target and you think, I need to get all these people to say yes. When what happens is the one that you get to say yes, who wasn't a good fit, they're the ones who cause you the most trouble, they're the ones that leave, they're the ones who go for a cheaper price later on. So I think it's really important to, the, the qualifying out is what you do. And if you get, you don't want to get argumentative with people, but if you get really good at trying to get people to say, no, no, hold on, I really need this product. That's when you can sit back and go, okay, let's have a chat about the cost and how we can make this work. And then it feels like they're fighting for your product as opposed to you trying to push it on them and tell them all the reasons why it is. So I think in terms of qualifying out, that's that's kind of my job and that's that helps with the mindset. So the first one is, are they using mobile phones, yes or no? I want to go, how many phones have you got? So what are you using them for? So, okay, so yeah, and, and do you pay for them for the business? Because if I say, do you use mobile phones and they say yes straight away, and I start trying to get the meeting and I go on a range of meeting and then they're 50 miles away, I might find out that they're the wrong type of person. So I need to ask lots of questions and that's where the qualifying comes in. Which network do you use? How many phones have you got? When does your contract finish? I'm doing all of this qualifying before I set up a meeting. Whereas sometimes we've all had them. You speak to someone, they sound great. <clears throat> you could probably get a meeting with them and then you don't do the right thing by asking the right questions and making sure they're a good fit for you. Man, that, that's spot on. That That's worth the price of admission. You just dropped a mic right there. For all of our cold calling professionals out there, I love what Leon stated. Marketing's job is to qualify folks in. Sales job is to qualify folks out so that we're not working junk. We're not, we're making sure that we mine for gold. Gold. Now, you talked about the mindset. And this is one that I'm hearing, the post on the industry. I just I just went to Mr. Ian Cognac's Untap Your Sales Potential retreat in Austin, Texas with enterprise sellers. What are your thoughts around how in this high, it, it can be high stress, there can be some turbulence, some chaos. What are some, what have you seen work or how do you manage the stress, the strain, the anxiety that can be associated with not just cold calls, but also sales and also life. When you when you stack all those together, it can be challenging. How how do you recommend folks kind of keep that keep it on the up and up? Yeah, I think I, I put a post on in the last couple of weeks about this because I was having a chat with one of the young um, business owners who I do some mentoring with. You need to reframe what your job as a salesperson is or as a seller. And it isn't to get people to say yes. It's to get people to make a decision. So if you can get people that are really good at making decisions, you can then really scale that by just putting more people in the top of the funnel because you're really good at make, getting people to make decisions. And if you get people to make decisions, it's yes and no. So when they make a decision and it's a no, you're not going, I've got these 15 opportunities that look really good, boss. And actually two or three of them aren't that interested in what you've got to sell and two or three of them aren't a good fit. So I think reframing definitely helps. 
My job is to get people to make a decision. Do you want to use mobile phones? Yes or no. Do you want to have a meeting? Yes or no. If I get them to make that decision, then I've done my job. And that's, it, that's it, a paradox to trying to get people to buy your product, which is the one that's always going to lead to you feeling a bit rubbish about rejection. I love it. I love it. Now, there's another, uh, there's two things, and I'm not going to stack up questions, but the first question I have is going to be around time management. The second one is going to be around AI, IM, chat GPT. But what are your thoughts when it comes to managing time? And really, you, you had mentioned it earlier around your organization and that being critical. Any tips around managing time, being productive? Because I've heard it before. There's the revenue generating activities and then there's other and the, the focus is around revenue generating activities but that still is tough how, how do you manage your time efficiently make sure that you're being productive around cold calls yeah i'm I, I'm sure someone said this to you as well before you can't manage time you can only manage yourself um so you know you, you need you need to reframe it in that way and say that look it's me who's responsible for whether this happening not it's not time so when you put an hour in the diary and you don't do the work you're going to do in that hour, then it's on you for not having done it. And I think the other, the other thing that I would talk about when it comes to time management is like, what do you want out of it? So like, yeah, you want to get sales and get that. But then if you get sales, what does that mean? That means you get an improved offer in your role and you might get a bonus and stuff like that. Yeah, but what does that mean? So that means I can then have a look at the time I'm spending with my family and I can spend some time on holiday. All oh, right, okay, what does that mean? That means I can take my child to the Disney World for the first time ever. Now have a look at your day and you've got four one-hour slots in there that are going to help you take your child to Disneyland. What are you going to do? You're going to work in them slots or you're going to go and have a chat by the coffee machine and take 25 minutes to walk around the corner to get some lunch before sitting down at your desk for an hour. So it's, it's, about, it's about trying to think about what your big picture on something like that is as opposed to you know micromanager and and chris dawson always says it as well as putting them appointments in so if it's not in your diary it shouldn't happen so you know if you're going to do cold calling people think i'll i'll cold call today well that, that's not going to happen you're not going to do a full day of cold calls you need to be realistic what you want to do is do 25 to 45 minutes and then take 10 minutes to go and get a glass of water and stand up and walk over there and then come back and then repeat the process because you'll make much more calls than putting a four-hour block in and you're thinking, oh, God, when's this four hours? What time am I going to have for lunch? And I forgot to do that thing and need to send that email. And I think the last one is just distractions. You know, so um, it's dead easy to... Replying to emails is lovely. It's dead nice. It's great. It's talking about John's night out because he's leaving and signing his leaving card or where we're going to go for lunch. And making phone calls is not so great because you're going to have to get rejected and you might not answer and they might tell you to go away and die and all of them other things. So you've got to make sure that you, you do the stuff that you're going to do, which is going to get you the end product as opposed to being distracted by them things. So switch all your email notifications off. Try and batch process. So rather than, you know, one of the, th one of the things that we used to do with the, the guys who were on the phone all the time was, just making stuff that is to do. So we used to write N2S2 and then the person's name. Need to speak to John. So it's really quick and then put it in. Rather than I need to speak to John. John usually works on a Thursday because it's all of these things that suck your time away. And text acts are great, 
And like I said before about the, you know, the CRM, the one that works for you, what you don't want to become is someone who operates a CRM. You want to be set. You want to be a salesperson. Goodness gracious. I love that. You talked about the bigger vision, peeling that onion back, going deeper. And I love the analogy of Disneyland. You talked about if it's not in your diary, it shouldn't happen. Living in distractions. And then this is one I had to take a note on into S2. Leon, I love it. I love it. Now, next, I want to I want to hear your thoughts when it comes to chat, GPT, and other techno technological advances. We're seeing AI, AI everywhere that we look. What are your thoughts? So I've gone from being uh, someone who really didn't like it and felt, felt uncomfortable to maybe kind of liking it a little bit and then thinking, oh, maybe this is not so great, maybe it's good. Look, a lot of times people talk about ChatGP taking sales roles and stuff like that. ChatGP will take the jobs of really crap salespeople. They will. Um, but it won't take the job of really good salespeople because at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, we are human beings who like human-to-human -human contact. Right. And, you know, I will decide that I'm going to order something for £6 off Amazon, no problem, or $6.00. I'm not going to buy something for $2,000 on an online thing because I want to speak to someone. I'm the same guy who still goes into McDonald's and instead of using the touchscreen, he goes over to the phone and says, hi, how are you? How's your day? Can I order a hamburger? Because we want that, we crave that human interaction. I think the only other thing I would say about it is I'm old enough to remember when email became a thing and we were convinced that email was going to mean the end of calling and you would never call anyone anymore. I'm also remember. I'm old enough to remember the fact that the internet and being able to send DMs on social media would mean the end of emails and the end of calling. And I think it's something that's going to become an add-on to what we do, as opposed to replacing it. It'll be, you know, you can use it to use. You know, we talked about that 45 minutes of making calls. You can use it to do some of the stuff that you might be distracted on, but the actual having that conversation. I, 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 I've heard some. And it sounds okay. And if it's up front and tells me it's chat GPT or it tells me up front that it's AI, I kind of get that. But personally, I'm a people person. I'm, you know, high eye on the disc profile and stuff. And I'd have a conversation with someone all day, every day, as opposed to responding to chatbots or that kind of stuff. Wow, I love it. I appreciate you breaking down your uh, your your thought process when it comes to chat GPT. Cold, then hot, then warm, lukewarm, then cold again. It ain't going to replace people, I hope. Now, are there any other emerging technologies or trends that kind of have your ears tingling? Is there anything that you're kind of keeping an eye out for? Um. No, I don't think I, what I suspect is going to happen because I say I'm, I've been in sales long enough to see a full cycle of lots of things happening. What I suspect we're going to see is the merging of different technologies as opposed to more. You know, this I found a graphic the other day and there was 684 different sales sales tech hacks that you could use, and you know they're doing different things and it's just impossible to do. So I think we'll see a merging of different ones. You know, you know, LinkedIn was bought by Microsoft and they want to bring all that stuff in together and stuff. So I believe we'll see a merging of that kind of stuff. I don't think there's anything. I genuinely believe that making cold calls is the thing that is on the radar that people need to get involved in because 
whilst everyone's getting these automated email messages and they're getting these really rubbish DMs on LinkedIn, which are sent by bots, someone just giving you a quick call and going, hey, listen, we've not spoken before, but I'd love to have a meeting with you. Can I tell you why? It's like, oh, okay, this is new. Because it's kind of new again now, isn't it? Like, it was something that uh, in the telecoms industry, certainly in the UK, we'd get slammed down on the phone 20 years ago because everyone was doing it. And it's it's waned a lot and there's, there's, there's less and less people. And that's because obviously people are, I mean, say hiding behind. They don't mean that in a bad way, but they're, you know, have you emailed them? Yeah, send another email, send another email. And then they send a copy of the email they sent previously saying, have you seen this? Because the, the, the beautiful thing about calls is people are probably not going to forget you when they re- forget when you rang last time. They're probably not going to remember it. They're, they're genuinely not. But when you send a DM after another DM which was ignored, after another DM that was ignored, and it's all in their inbox, they can see all the times that you've tried to contact them and sent them rubbish messages. And I think that's the advantage of calling and cold calling or warm calling. I, I think warm calling because because of technology with LinkedIn, you know, it's it's impossible now to phone someone and not look not have already looked at the website or looked on the LinkedIn or found their email or check their WhatsApp, uh, sorry, check their Instagram to see where they've been on holiday. So I think warm calling, I think you know, the trend that I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping and I'm hoping isn't actually at the same time because I want everyone who's in telecoms in the UK to think that cold calling's dead, please, and to stop because I'm making, I'm making inroads on that. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. I, I got a question. We're going to do Spill the Tea Part 3 here. Okay. I'm curious. We're 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 in October. We're we're almost at the end of the year. I know you're living and you're learning. What are you learning about yourself right now? As you reflect on this year, what's been your biggest lesson? It could be professional, it could be personal, but what, what are you learning? Yeah, so I think one of the things that I've learned, which is very which is a personal one, is that the human body's got lots of lots of stuff that it can do that you don't think it can do like genuinely i've been doing lots of training for about 12 months now and the weights that i'm lifting in the gym and stuff like that is massive and if you'd have told me you know i'm, I'm going on a sahara trek in november for a for charity with trekking across, across the sahara desert um and if wow. you'd have told me three years ago that i was going to go and trek across the sahara desert i'd have told you you were crazy whereas now you know it, it's something that seems like a really natural thing to do so i think personally i would say you know, you're what, what's that saying? You're smarter than you think. You're stronger than you think. Whatever that stuff is, I think that really applies to me in the last twelve months. I think the other thing in in terms of business is what I've learned is there's loads of people who'll really help you. You know, like one of the things that happens when you you know every all's fair in business and the whole Gordon Gecko stuff and it's all cutthroat and stuff, and actually. It's mostly really good people who will give you a hand if you just ask them. And that includes people who you work with, people who, you know, like I, 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 I talked about mentoring. You mentioned mentoring before. I was mentored by people before mentoring was something that people really talked about. Um, and some of them, they didn't even know they were mentoring. I was just copying off them. But since then, I've approached a couple of people who've said, I've really looked up to them and said, you know, could you? And they were like, brilliant. Yeah, of course, I would I'd be honored. And I've done the same thing. So I think that the lesson business-wise is, you know, reach out to someone who's doing really good on LinkedIn and says they're doing, you know, doing a good job and getting some good numbers. 
and just ask them for 20 minutes, half an hour, and see if you can catch up on a regular basis because there's lots of people out there who really will help you if you just ask. Shy kids get no sweets, Larry. Wow. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. The human body is amazing. Ask. Ask for help. People want to help you. Now, I know that we're getting close to our time, but I got to ask you, because I, I know you started it off sharing about the organization, your ability, your superpower to follow up and follow through. I guess I want to know, what are what's the best way to follow up after a successful or even an unsuccessful call? What do I do? What's the best way to follow? Yeah, so I think we talk a lot about upfront contracting. So when when we have a call, I would I would do that at the end of the call as well. So I'm going to do this at this date, by this time. I want you to do this by this time. I'm going to set a little reminder, and then I'll send an email as well saying, thanks for your time, great to chat. I'm going to do this and call you this time. If you want to do that, if there's anything else you need from me, give me a shout. Otherwise, I'll speak to you at this point. And then it is CRM, get it in the CRM. I personally put in a CRM and I put it in my Outlook calendar as well. So I double up and make sure, you know, and it's nice that as well, because when you come in on one of them days and you've got 60 jobs, actually you've only got 30 because 30 is in your Outlook calendar, the 30 is in your CRM. So you're not as busy as you think you are. Um, but yeah, I think if we're talking about using technology, use technology to do that stuff that you're not going to remember. Because like you said before, life happens, your kids, your family, your, all of this stuff happens and you can forget. So I use technology to do the reminding to make, to make me do the stuff that I need to do. That's powerful right there. Powerful. Leon, where can people find you? Yeah, most of the time I'll be moaning and complaining on LinkedIn and posts. Um, now and again, I'll appear something useful. Um, if people want to check out the Sales Dojo, it's www.thesalesdojo.com. There's about 500 hours of content on there for free if anyone wants to collect come and collect it then please fill your boots did you say 500 yeah so that includes the podcast so there's 245 podcasts available as well but there's loads of video stuff on there loads of written content just it's just a place for people to get some stuff and, and, and go and use that day oh my goodness i love it i love it i love it now what are your thoughts around linkedin i know we've been talking about uh, this phone, this 500 pound phone, but you said people can find you moaning and groaning and sharing gems on LinkedIn. What, 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 what's your thoughts on that platform? Yeah, look, it's, it's like any social media platform. There's going to be a certain level of idiots on there. There's going to be a certain level of people who are saying they're doing stuff and they're not doing it. And there's going to be some really good people who aren't posting loads and they're the ones that you really need to go and find. You know, some people will be posting really good stuff, which is great, but there'll be some really good people who don't hit the algorithm numbers because you haven't got them. So I think if you you know if you want to use LinkedIn effectively, you need to go and search for it. Like if you, I always treat LinkedIn as a networking event, mate. So it, 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 I imagine LinkedIn is a networking event online. So I'll try and find the people who are on there. I'll look for the people who aren't maybe checking the comments for people and trying to find who's commenting on good stuff and saying good things, and then connecting with them and just you know dropping a message hey look i like what you said i'd like to hear some more It'd be great to connect and you never know where that leads to leon i cannot thank you enough 
for just sharing your wisdom, dropping knowledge, dropping so many gems. You get the platinum mic for all the gems that you shared. As I look through my notes, some of the highlights of really what stood out was your organization. You're leveraging the CRM, say-do ratio, the power of following up, following through. Your lessons that you learned about servant leadership and mentoring and not just learning, not just being the recipient, but I love how you're paying it forward. You're taking what you've received and you're now passing it along. We learned that you're a Liverpool football fan. <laughs> Congrats on the big win. I love how you talked about the differentiation and looking at it from the perspective of my goal is to get someone to make a decision, either yes or no, and ideally qualify them out, which I can leverage questions. And then I love how you talked about the time management, limiting distractions, the power of human connection, regardless of any kind of AI and robot. Oh my absolute goodness, you dropped it like it was hot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you have any last parting shots before we wrap it up? Uh, no, look, I've really enjoyed the conversation, Larry. Um, you know, if anyone has learned anything when they've listened to this podcast, go and share it with somebody else. When you teach someone else something that you've learned, it sticks so much better. So if you've learned something really good today, go and teach somebody else and we can spread that love and we can all hopefully close more sales, hit more targets, get paid more commission and buy lots of new shoes. <laughs> I know you're suited and booted. I love that. And I remember that from Clubhouse where you talked about buying some new shoes. Like Leon said, sharing is caring. Reach out and touch someone and spread the goodness. I want to say thank you so much to everyone for tuning in, whether you're live, whether you're checking out the recording later. Reminder, please join us next Wednesday. It's the start of November, November 1st. Same bad time, same bad place, 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific. We're gearing up for our guest. She's a sales legend. She's a women in sales advocate, the great Lori Richardson. Uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you again, Leon. We'll holla at you next Wednesday. Peace.